snakes. Guys, welcome to Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 220. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm a little horse. I'm hysterical! <laughs> and uh, if you haven't noticed, we're still on that Mel Brooks kick because of Chaz here. Uh, we're doing History of the World Part 1, but before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I will go first. Uh, I've been watching the TV show Manifest. If you if you're big into TV shows, it's about a plane that went missing for five years, came back, and they're starting to see like it's, it's starting to get into like a religion religion a little bit where they're doing like divine consciousness. It's 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 getting wild, dude. <laughs> it should end this season because they're going down a rabbit hole that Lost did, where they keep on doing more mysteries and mysteries are unsolved and i'm like stop it <laughs> now i kind of understand why some tv shows if you notice the tv shows they're doing like eight to ten episodes per season like you remember back in the day and then like early 2000s and 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 back like seasons used to be in like the 30 episodes like you look at next generation each season had at least 25 to 30 episodes and now they just they stick to the ten episode because of budget wise they always have to be great, um, you know, looking and all that stuff. And I don't know. But, I thought they did that just to reduce workload or some shit. Wow, I didn't realize they kept making this show. So I'm pretty sure it's, if I remember right, the pilot episode uh, they have the whole thing where they're on the plane. There's some turbulence and they land, and everyone's like, "Uh, the fuck did this plane come from? You guys yeah. been gone for like four years or five years?" Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. And then it follows like each character as things kind of unravel and it's like this, and then like some crazy government conspiracy nonsense happens. I watched the first season of this a few years back mm -hmm. and then I thought it got canceled because like this, this show is ludicrous. Oh, COVID <laughs> happened. They yeah. have, they have like part, right now part one is like uh part one of season four. Cause if you notice like all the, the shows that uh, were on hiatus because of the COVID, they came back in like half of the seasons there like stranger things that was one of the like part one happened and then part two happened in july in the summertime so that's what they're doing with manifest it, it's it's interesting to me because i think about that shit a lot <laughs> i'm weird i guess as far as what they talk about in there uh yeah. which is a lot yeah. of history like noah's ark is uh talked about um fucking just consciousness itself where this higher being is talking about a lifeboat because they all have a debt date. Uh, their debt date is like June second of twenty twenty four. They're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets it gets very weird. Uh, I, I thought the show. I mean, I was interested enough to keep watching. I honestly thought they canceled it. I uh, did not realize they kept going. So I, maybe I'll go back into that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're into that stuff, I've probably made this recommendation a hundred times, but honestly, like show for show, it's one of the fa my favorite things I've ever watched. Um, so I'd recommend it to anybody that likes that, the like existential crisis type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a show on HBO called The Leftovers. There's ah, three yeah. seasons of it. Watch it. It is awesome. It is a fucked up show, but it's great. There's also a book. So you're in the, the books. The book is, the show's loosely adapted from the book. After season one, they just do their own thing with the writing. Mm -hmm. um, but 
but season one's basically the book. But the book has a, cu- a couple of different twists that are really good. I think you'd like the book too. Yeah, I'll probably order it because I'm, I'm I'm weak like that. <laughs> no, do it. Like the book's a good read. It's it's like it's very it's very hefty emotionally, but like that's not a bad thing. It's it's just like following these people and it's got some crazy nonsensical things and shows how like just different ways and paths that people's lives can just completely uh, unravel because of just one event that, that mutually affects everyone. Instead of coming together, like people's lives just go batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah. Once society breaks down, like interesting shit happens. Uh, That's why I like things like that, like post-apocalyptic or dystopian societies. It interests me a lot. Um, Gaming wise, uh, because God of War is coming out midnight tonight that's my main focus for probably the rest of the month um, but call of duty came out modern warfare 2 um and i am having a blast with it i'm still after remember i praised the beta as far as the third person i'm addicted to this one too i, I don't know what it is i don't know what dopamine shit happens uh but it's it's fun to play there's this one map where it's literally a stretch of a highway, like on a, it's kind of like the border between Texas or California and Mexico, and you're just having a battle where all cars are all fucked up and shit. Like there was a meme where Joe Pesci, uh, like what the fuck is this? What the fuck? And it's just a picture of the map in the background. <laughs> so it's 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 interesting. But other than that, I only did two things: manifest and Call of Duty. Andy, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Um. I realized the other day that uh, there's something about November that makes me need to watch movies, and it's because a long time ago they announced they were going to shut down Filmstruck, and I did the Filmstruck Film Blitz, and I watched like a million movies in a month. So now I just always want to watch movies in November, but I am still working on Metal Gear 2, more on that later. Um, I watched uh, a noir on the Criterion channel called Panic in the Streets. Um, Just like a noir normally would be it's like a, a crime procedural and they're looking for these murderers but they need to find their murderers really quickly really bad because the guy that they killed brought a deadly disease into new orleans so they need to find them and inoculate them because they're spreading this disease around new orleans and it deals with like um public safety and they have to inoculate all the cops and the cops are like pitching a fit because they don't want to get shots and I was like, man, there's a lot of stuff about this movie from the 40s that feels very relevant today. <laughs> it's very, it's a very cool movie, and they eventually, you know, they 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 look for and find the killers, and uh, it's a, it's really good. I, I I like film noir though. It's that it's always a good time to watch it in November. Um, watched a couple movies on Netflix that I did not pick out. Uh, Uma is uh, it stars uh, Sandra Oh. I like her. I think she's a good actress um she's haunted by her dead mother i guess and i don't know some other stuff happens and uh, i just kind of thought it was boring um the perfection is another movie i watched uh the movie's really cool for like 40 minutes and then i think the guy who was writing it like quit and then the rest of it's like trash it's just stupid like it, it the, the beginning of the movie is about like this famous cellist is uh, joined by another famous cellist who was taught by the same professor, but she had to leave because her mother was dying. So she comes and they become like really good friends and lovers. And 
they are going somewhere in China. I can't like one of them's on vacation. She says you should come with me. And they they go on vacation, and she's getting like really sick. And it's implied that it's the other girl doing it to her. And there's like a really interesting turn where you kind of see what the overall uh, story is going to be. And you're like, okay, this is really interesting. And then it leaves China and goes back to the United States and Boston. Whole rest of the movie, just a wash. Boring. Don't watch it. And um, I watched uh, The Producers, which last week I undersold way too much. I... I've I flipped. I think the producers is funnier than History of the World Part One. Now, I don't know what happened, but I uh, I don't know. I I, I enjoyed the producers very much, and I wanted to to talk about it. But I don't know if anyone watched it except Zach. It sounded like I I was planning to, but then Call of Duty consumed me. So watch yeah, I'm, I'm gonna slip it into the. The rankings later, but yeah, I think uh, I think the producers is better than History of the World Part One. I do really like History of the World Part One, which we'll discuss later. But producers is fucking hilarious, and uh, Springtime for Hitler gets stuck in my head every time I hear it. Like it's been stuck in my head for days now. Um, and also we talked a little bit about it last week. I uh, I was always a huge fan of uh, Spoonie's videos, the Spoonie one, No Antweiler. But I'd never watched his Phantasmagoria two playthrough, so I watched oh that. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just—it was so long, and I feel like it starts so slow. I tried to watch it a couple times. I was like, oh, "I'll watch this later." It's fucking it five hours long. Yeah. I heard that, Curtis. <laughs> and now, and so this time, I—I I let it. I actually let it sink in. Like I've been watching it over, you know, breakfast and lunch and dinner and getting ready for work. You know, like little things like that. Uh, it gets really funny, and I'm glad I finally watched it. Like, it, it was kind of exciting to have something new from Spoonie to watch after all these years. And yeah. uh, now I'm watching, I I never finished his SWAT 4 playthrough. I only saw like three episodes of that. So now I'm doing that. But uh, yeah, Phantasmagoria 2, uh, it was really funny. Like, once he hit his stride, it was hysterical. Like, I was laughing out loud all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Panic in the Streets is great. Producers is fucking wonderful. And uh, don't watch Uma or the Perfection. Uh, welcome to Chotsky's. Gosh, so many receipts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just back here doing my receipts. <laughs> uh, all right, Chaz, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Well, I, as you can tell by my voice, I've been sick again. I caught the dreaded RSV. It's kicked the shit out of me. It's been great. Oh, that's what but, they call it nowadays. Okay. Yeah. Bitchitis, whatever you would call it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have done a couple of things. Um, so uh, video game wise, uh, I had a couple of days to sit at home and do nothing because I felt like a vegetable. And if I moved, I was nauseous. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play back through one of my favorite games. So I did a, just a quick little zip right through uh and tried to like see how quickly I could 200% uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, I was pretty happy with it. I actually got through the game like under five hours. So it was pretty neat. Uh, did that. Uh, I think it was something else I played, but I don't remember what it was. And then I'm just waiting for Ragnarok tonight. Honestly, I should probably go to sleep, but all the Sudafed is saying, nah, man, you're good. So we're going to probably stay up and play at least an hour or two of Ragnarok. Uh, of course, as I showed off earlier, uh, my 
my new uh, arcade cabinet back there. It's uh, the new Marvel versus Capcom 2 Arcade 1 cabinet, which I have had to explain more times than I would really like that, no, I never owned this game because this game didn't exist in a cabinet in the U.S. until Arcade 1 made it happen. Unless you modded, did weird shit because, for whatever reason, it's just the one that got away, but it happens to be my favorite fighting game of all time, so very I happy mean, to have the, it now. The phrasing that was weird, you could still buy a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cabinet. You just couldn't get it in a multi-cap, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure isolated, like, unless you bought a, a foreign version of the game, either European or Japanese, I don't think there was a U.S. version of that. It was exclusively PlayStation 2 and GameCube, or not GameCube, uh, Dreamcast. And then, of course, PlayStation 3 came out with the remake of it. And then after that, it just kind of fell in obscurity. It's really hard to find. Um, but a lot of, like, those multi-cabs that come with mods, they don't include it because there's some big litigation issue. Like, it's really hard to find unless you're just outright pirating. So, uh that was the problem is I thought I was getting it on my uh, my custom cab, but nevertheless, I have it now. Very happy. So, um, so do you think all the kids that you've been beating up at Pokemon tournaments somehow came together and like put germs on your cards and took you out? So you won't be a contender? No, no, this no? is one hundred percent my daughter. Oh, <laughs> she she got sick. Like that's a funny thing. It's like with my job, I deal with sick kids all the time but i'm wearing gloves and a mask and i'm washing my hands constantly so, so you just need to do that morning noon, and night You'll well apparently I just, I just need to like put her in a bubble but yeah she got rsv last week then my wife got it and then i got it and i was just getting over tonsillitis so i guess it's been like one thing after another it's been real fun but uh actually my voice is a lot better earlier i was like hello i'm dr <laughs> davis like it was, it mike was wachowski <laughs> I'm always watching you. <laughs> <laughs> things. But, uh, Hello, my name is Chaz. Doing Kane. I'm Kane. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. You did it. X Pac, you're my favorite tag team partner. Uh, I think that was a little after. But I love you, you Katie Vake. <laughs> he fucked a corpse. Anyway. Uh, well, out of context, people are like, what? <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> yeah, Google it. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, in preparation for the Black Panther movie that's coming out, my wife and I actually watched the first Black Panther last night, which I've only seen one other time. I watched it in theaters when it first came out, and I had never watched it again. And I really liked it, so I don't know why I hadn't watched it, but we watched it last night, and it was really good. So uh, you're hyped for supporting cast of the movie as well? as supporting cast movie yeah i am actually really interested to see what they're going to do with it uh so i again I, i'm intrigued by because i haven't like tried to, try to read spoilers the only thing i'm aware of is namor is in the movie which if they go any which is actually pretty cool i have to admit you know, I, I like that too but if they go anywhere near what the comics have done especially the ultimate series with namor versus uh like atlantis versus uh wakanda that's going to become really messed up uh so not that I want to ruin that for anybody, but uh, spoilers, Namor is not a good guy. Um, so I'm not really sure what happens, uh, what's going to happen with this, but I'm interested enough to to see it. I'm not like overly, overwhelmingly excited, but we had a plan to watch. I have all the like the first three phases, like like the collection CD, and we haven't watched all of them yet. We got all the way through the, the to part one of phase three. And the next movie was Black Panther. We just stopped watching for months. So it was good to pick that back up. I, uh, you know. I saw the trailer and uh, Black Panther has boobs now. That's, I, I know that. 
Yeah, I mean, I figured it was the direction to go. There's a meme because, you know, there's a thing that China China hates blacks. Uh, so like the the poster of just what the supported cast. What, of, what is it? Just like objects or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I don't I don't know the cast. I don't know the comic of uh, Black Panther. But there's like a white guy supporting actor in in the movie, and they just put his face into Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! The only way to get the Chinese to go see it. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! White Panther coming now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm oh, I'm more intrigued because I I've heard you know Black Panther the first movie was it was okay it was good, uh I you know other people say it's amazing but I heard it was at least a decent movie. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. So I'm like interested to see where they go because Namor. I've heard is a is a fucking badass villain and he's fucking terrifying. So um, I'm a little interested, but I won't see it on day one. I'll just wait for it. Well, that's well, that's what I was interested in. Is like I wasn't sure what Namor's affiliation was if he was gonna be a villain versus uh like if he was gonna be a hero or how they were gonna tie him into it. So I'm I'm interested to see. I for me personally, like I. I really liked the first movie, and just in general, I really enjoyed Chadwick Boseman's body of work. Like, I don't think I watched a film that he was in that I didn't like. Well, he was an um, excellent actor, for sure. He was, and the fact that you think about all the stuff, like, during the filming, even of Black Panther, through the others, he had advanced colon cancer. I think it was colon, maybe it's stomach cancer, but uh, he had advanced GI cancer, even that, and was like, well, I can do all the treatments and everything, but I'm still just going to push through and I'll just keep it to myself and keep doing the, the things I need to do and, and be a role model. It's, and I just like, it's really, it's really heartbreaking, but uh, it's also just really inspiring in that way. So, um, uh, cause you know, you, you can easily just say, you know what, screw this. I've got all the money I need. I'm, I'm just going to stop what I do and enjoy the time that I have left in my family. Um, but I think that he looked at himself as standing for something larger than himself so he, he pushed through with that. Like even um, some of the what if like animated stuff, like he he actually there's little scenes and stuff from it from the Disney Plus uh, uh, stuff. I can't remember what the, the credits or whatever are, but they talk about how he was like actively dying. Like he was super sick and was still, of course, they were trying to fight off, you know, uh, the advanced uh, cancer that he had, but he was still doing the voice acting. He was like, no, I'll do recordings. And he's just like actively dying. And he's like, no, I'll do recordings. Nobody will know. And he's just recording stuff anyway. So even like over a year after he died, they stuff content they're putting out that has him involved in it because he continued to work, mm. um, which is just crazy. So, um, I mean, some people, uh, some people don't want to like just sit there and die. They, they want to do something, leave a legacy. And I mean, he, he, he's short. I, I believe that most of his films are uh, Oscar nominees. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think the first film I had watched him in was 42, the Jackie mm -hmm. Robinson movie. Awesome movie. Uh, and then uh, what's the the next one? Was it the James Brown film? Mm -hmm. the next one? Yeah. So another great film. Um, Didn't he do course, it? Like, uh, okay. Let me, let me look this up before I sound racist. So keep going. No, you're, you're good. Like, I, I think like his body of work, like he, it's what happens to a lot of people that get typecast as, oh, you're this hero. So you're that person forever now. And, you know, he got kind of billed as okay well i'm i'm black panther but he did a lot of great work before and even uh like in between um so uh yeah 
just sucks that he passed away. Uh, I actually have a pair of Adidas that have his signature on them, which for randomly, like I just, it was when I got that weird like shoe craze during uh, COVID. And I think I wore them like two or three times because they're, they're like Black Panther Adidas. And I thought, oh, okay, these are cool. And then he died. And I was like, well, shit, now I can't wear these because, well, they're going to be worth a lot. So they're just away in, in a closet somewhere. I haven't looked at them in like two years now. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to, to see how the film plays out, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't they don't fuck it up because I've been pretty disappointed with Marvel movies lately. They've, they've been really, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just something about it. It's, it's it's got like the same funk AEW does. Stale. <laughs> oh no, you're not gonna get your paychecks from TK. Uh, he, he said I paid him my ass a while ago. That's why I'm becoming a professional Pokemon player. That's what <laughs> Dave Meltzer turned on him too. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Chaz, anything else you've been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, no, nah, we won't talk about Pokemon. We'll leave that for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. I just want Pokemon wanna... update. I just want to mention this to Andy. Andy, I don't know if you looked at the Facebook, but I posted something about The Shining. It's about the Steadicam guy that worked on The Shining. Uh, with... oh, yeah, I was going to watch it. Just, people always send stuff to me, and I'm at work, and I was, I look at it, and I think, oh, I'll check that out later. But because I've looked at it, Facebook doesn't tell me about it later, and I forget. Yeah, yeah. I, I do the same thing. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. Uh, it drives me nuts. It, it's a, it, it, He explains, like, you know... Uh, pretty much what he does as far as a steady cam and what they use. Like they use like a wheelchair um to like roll him around so that they had the smoothness and stuff. Uh that's oh. that's why you saw like Danny uh, on the big wheel. He was behind uh, the he was behind Danny with the wheelchair that was going at like six miles per hour. <laughs> that's how they got that shot. So I, I recommend you guys to check it out. I mean it's an hour and change, but it's interesting. An hour and change. It's not boring. Um, but other than that, Zach, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, still been playing Bayonetta three. Uh, I will go on record a little further. Uh, I'm not sure how far I am into it yet. Maybe about half now. Uh, this has the most varied gameplay so far out of any of these games. <laughs> There's, uh, like, the first Bayonetta had, like, some weird little, like, I guess you'd call them mini-games, but there'd be, like, a level where it's like you're playing Space Harrier, basically. Uh, and there was a level that was kind of like uh, Outrun or something, mechanically speaking. Uh and they kind of did that too, just a little bit. There was a lot less of that in two. Uh, but in three, it's like you have multiple characters you play as now. And like uh, Viola, the other girl who has like a katana and like a big Cheshire cat demon, she plays very differently from Bayonetta. Uh, she even does like Fist of the North Star punch combos <laughs> because you throw. You, you throw the sword to summon the, the Cheshire uh, demon, and she can't use her sword, so she has to just punch and kick now. So you, you lose your weapon, and you have to fight like you have to learn to fight a different way if you want Cheshire to help you. But uh, there's also levels uh, where you play as Jean, and it's basically elevator action. It's, 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 it's just elevator action, but with like little bayonetta mechanics. That sounds fun. It is fun. It's really cool. It's so, some of my favorite parts of that game are those levels. Um, 
I started playing RE8 uh, just to play it again to prepare myself for the DLC because I, originally I was going to play through it with third-person camera mode. And I tried that for a while. And, like, honestly, the ga- the game's environments looks better in third person. Mm-hmm. You're not zoomed so far in. It looks almost photorealistic that way. It's kind of like the other RE engine games, but I'm playing this one on PS5, and I think it was more engineered for PS5 and stuff than the others were. Uh but then I noticed, like, the animations are kind of, like, weird. <laughs> like, it's awkward. It's like uh, Ethan's holding his knife. And it's like, when you see that in third person, you see, like, a guy holding it. We'll just pretend this is a knife. Nobody walks around holding a knife up like this. <laughs> so, like, because he's it's in first person, this is what you see. But then, like, you see it in third person. And it's like he's holding a gun weird, too. It's, like, kind of not right. <laughs> It, the animations are a little janky because of that, I and mean, it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. You're like, oh, this isn't like the other games, the third-person RE games that are out currently. So you're just like, eh, I don't want to do this. So I switched it back to first. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard mixed things about the third person. I heard it looks good, but I heard also heard it feels weird. And I'm like, how can it feel weird when we've been playing Resident Evil 2 remake and RE3 remake? It's there's some kind of weird disconnect with the animations and the con the combat flows a little differently because of that stuff. Is it terrifying uh, seeing lady D chase? chase I don't her? know yet because, uh, I haven't, I'm just now in her castle and I was thinking about changing it back to third person just to kind of see what, how that looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the castle looks amazing though. Like going for PS4, PS5. It's like, wow, looks great. Man. Um, and I've watched uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Never seen it before. Uh, that movie is a mood too. <laughs> it's not very. It's not like what happens in House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't know. Some people fucking ghost. They go to a weird gas station, and that Captain Spaulding guy's there, and he's hilarious. And it's then they they blow a tire out, and they blow a tire out, and it turns into. There's some obvious uh, overtures to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't think you rip it off. I think because Rob Zombie loves it, and <laughs> it's kind of like a tribute to that and some some other stuff. Uh, I liked it though. It's different. Did the Monster movie come out yet? Yeah, uh, I think it came out last month. It's been out for a little bit. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Me either. Like I've heard some people like it, some people hate it, just like every other Rob Zombie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah I watched the producers as well uh, and it was great and uh, spoiler alerts I'm going to agree with Andy uh, that I, that I like I like this other movie we're getting ready to talk about but I thought this one was a lot funnier you did undersell that movie yeah it just I don't know something about rem- remembering it the amount of time it had been since I saw each movie and I mean, like I said, the cast in History of the World Part One is just like outrageously great. Yeah. And not not to downplay anyone who's in the producers, but besides Gene Wilder, I don't really know any of them. Like even yeah, like, Zero Mostel, I, I really just know him from the producers. 
which is yeah. weird because I watched this and the very next day I watched that movie I said Panic in the Streets. He's in it. He's, he's like in one it. Of, he's one of the bad guys. It was weird. I was like, oh my god, there he is. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but I was reading oh, about right. him. Just like I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because he has like a really like strange name. Mm-hmm. And then I found out he was like one of those guys that got blacklisted from Hollywood. But that was even before they started doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that opens up a whole can of worms. But uh, yeah, this is that was a great movie, and it, it does one of the things that, that I get a tickle out of, which is to, to make fun of Hitler, put Hitler in something, make fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> the guy they got to play that was just one of the funniest parts. They had all the guys trying to be Hitler, and like mm-hmm. all the dancing Hitlers go away. Go go go! go. All the dancing Hitlers wait in the wings. We're only singing, <laughs> singing Hitlers right now. Singing Hitlers. And then the, the guy they got to play Hitler, that was just... He's hilarious. I, He's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I wasn't prepared for that. Like, when, when, <laughs> it, when he was actually Hitler in the play, I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, jeez. Great movie, though. Yeah, well, I think Very we'll great. discuss it more later, at a, you know, when we start ranking all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is our this is our tombstone. Oh. There's a bounty on producers. you got to watch it. Yeah, I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably watch it this weekend. Uh, because uh, there's a hurricane coming apparently not not the wrestler but the uh, an actual hurricane in november really yeah well, that's a, i mean that that happens sometimes yeah. it's late yeah nicole what a cunt but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else zach oh uh, no all right time to talk about the movie history of the part world one and uh world one history of the world part one um Orson Welles, by the way, I totally forgot he was the narrator. The narrator. I did the same thing. Uh, like he started talking about early man. I was like, wait, what? That's Orson Welles. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, there is kind of like a somewhat of a plot to it, but it's just like showing all the his, uh, you know, errors and stuff of you know the history of the world. Where it, it goes has more in common with skit comedy than mm-hmm. film. Yes. Yeah. It's just an anthology of bits, which is fine. <laughs> like it. The, the the part, the, the Roman part, is the closest it comes to being like a full fledged long ass movie. Yeah. I think that's the biggest part. Yeah, and then it gets into the, like the French Revolution, where it kind of connects the characters a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they totally break the fourth one. Miracle. <laughs> yeah, how did you get here from Rome? Um, I can't remember what he says now. He says something about Hollywood. Movies are magic. Movie, that's what it's, <laughs> movies are magic. Yeah. Oh, Gregory Hines is great in this movie. I love Josephus. His character. He might be my favorite character, which is really saying something given like all the nonsense that Mel Brooks does throughout this movie. Well, the one thing that like cracked me up uh, from the beginning, or at least a little bit into the movie, is <laughs> there. They're trying to like impress Caesar with all these shows and stuff. They do like a prices right, like behind curtain number one, and it's like the bath, and then curtain number two is treasure and treasure and bath. Oh my god! And then, like, obviously, Mel Brooks' character, uh, the bullshit artist, um, <laughs> he starts to say jokes, not the fat jokes. Oh, yeah, cut the guy, you gotta cut the fat joke about the Senate, yeah. Uh, and then, like, no, 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 shit. no, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> And then I like the side, like you see the Senate in the background, like you know we should give more money to the rich. What about the, Fuck poor? the poor? Fuck the poor. <laughs> the poor. That's right. <laughs> that was great. Uh, by the way, uh, 
that was Caesar, right? The fat guy, Nero. Nero. It was Nero. Nero. Yeah, Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, kind of confusing because he's, 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 I don't know why. Yeah, your brain does that weird thing where you just assume it's Caesar, but it's Nero. Well, Caesar was like a title for a while too. So it was. I, I don't know if that's correct. I don't know. Yeah. Julius Caesar. Hey. But uh, I was, you know, after watching like a couple more of these movies, uh, these two in particular, like producers in this i was uh i wouldn't say taken aback i guess i was surprised a little bit of like how abrasive the humor actually is in these I'm not saying i didn't expect you mean like it. They're, they're dropping dropping the f slur and stuff like that oh, <laughs> not just yeah that they just some of the just like real brazen like oh my god you can't do that shit that's that's offensive like mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> uh I, I i don't know i didn't i wasn't necessarily i didn't expect it uh maybe just not to that degree or something. Oh, boy. Wait until we get uh, the Blazing Saddles, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. Now, we're building something. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. You, know, you know me. I like to I like to tell real spicy jokes. So. <laughs> it, yeah, it is jarring. Because I, I, I talked to my dad about because this is one of his favorite movies. He's like, comedy back then was like such, like, it was so, it was better because everybody made fun of each other. Like, it did. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, what? Mel Brooks is like, you know, he's a Jewish guy and he's telling a bunch of Jew jokes. He's like, dollars, spin menorah. It's like, oh, lol, springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Just, it's like, come on. like. Well, my favorite part of History of the World Part 1, I think my favorite part, is probably the musical, The Spanish Inquisition. That's the funniest yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, I was like, what's I was like, what's this? Okay, they're doing a musical number, and then it just kept getting more ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it, it, yeah, like every verse is funnier than the last. It, it's just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like, though, uh, uh, when he's Moses, and he says, God has given me these 50 Ten commandments, commandments <laughs> that we must follow. <laughs> then later on, it's like, it's kind of like Moses is there, they're getting away, and then like that water part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like cursing the guy out and fucking uh is like or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I I that's another scene that I like totally forgot about because I remember all the other iconic scenes. Uh and like this part I'm like he's just standing there and all of a sudden <laughs> this guy robbing him behind him I just died. Oh man, I died. <laughs> Uh, I love that uh, they made a big ass blunt and all the Romans got fucking high. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was like, that was so. Yeah, so dumb. <laughs> what did he call it? He had a name for it. Wacky weed. Yeah, weed is yeah. whatever. Oh, I love that they <laughs> because Romans have weird Make it V. Yeah. They drive that joke into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny, though. You're nuts. N V T S. Uh the unemployment line was fucking great. Oh my god, yeah. Shout out to B. Arthur being the unemployment. Oh line. yeah, the Golden Girls. Yeah, Dorothy herself. Oh my god, that was funny. I didn't expect I was like, what the oh it's B. Arthur. <laughs> yeah. You're a gladiator. I thought it was it was it not Cloris Leachman? I thought it was Cloris Leachman. No, it was what? B. Arthur. I double checked. No. Oh, you're talking about yeah, I know. In the unemployment line, that's definitely B. Arthur. That's that's Dorothy from Golden Girls for sure. 
because it's that sassy, like low voice. Like, hey, no, Clark, did you try to kill anybody? Did you try to kill anybody? Did you bullshit today? Did you bullshit anybody? Did you try the to stand, bullshit stand anybody? Up philosophers. Yes. <laughs> stand up philosopher. Stand up philosopher. Bullshit artist. Okay. Bullshit artist. <laughs> Swiftus is fucking funny too. Like when you're doing the jokes and stuff. I forgot how the joke went, but he like. Uh, Mel Brooks would is, ask a question. He'd be like, "How big?" <laughs> like he was screaming out loud. <laughs> he's like waiting for him, and he's like, he came out. Oh yeah, how big? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's like, yeah, so dumb. How dumb is how dumb? he? <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that stupid old joke they used to do like in like sixties uh, and seventies, like uh, like live sitcoms or not sitcom shows, but. Uh, just live shows like Johnny Carson and other other similar things like that. Talk, talk show. shows, you talk or talk shows. Yeah, sorry, brain brain thinking not good. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you would tell a joke and then you would have the whole audience say that same thing back. And then you would do it, but there was like the delay because no one said it. So then he's like, it's like crickets for just a second, and then he yells it. That's like the best part because it's like he needs to <laughs> because it's shit. He doesn't know how to do it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, Empress Nympho. Which is, I thought it was hilarious. Nympho, like, you know, addicted to sex all the time. Um, and man, her jokes were funny. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, especially when all the, the, the Romans had their dicks out and they marched out of there, you just see the heads going like this. <laughs> that's Mel, that, that's Mel Brooks comedy right there, where it's just like, it's, it's stoop slapstick comedy, uh, stuff. And they but it's do, it's also kind of witty. Yeah. There's an edge of wit. Yeah, it's not just crass. Like, when I think about, like, you know, scary movie or something like that, it's like there's boner jokes, but they're just jokes about, like, there's no, there's no, like, setup payoff. It's just, lol, remember boners, right? But when (laughs) Mel Brooks does it, it's like, I don't know. I I can't think of something. We're going to test the eunuchs. He made a whole setup for a boner. There's like a whole thing while he does a sexy dance and then the stupid feather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Setup payoff. The French, the French uh, king, uh, playing chess and stuff, and they all just started humping the queen. Yeah. I was like, shit was funny. The whole French Revolution thing is like we're so poor we don't even have a language. They're just talking in English. Yeah, they're just talking in English. <laughs> yeah, fourth wall. I, I really like the fourth wall breaking in this this movie. They, it's good they to be the king. Yeah, it's I, he movie. did every time he did that. It made me laugh too. He did it really like fairly. It wasn't that spaced out either. <laughs> like, oh no, he said it a ton. <laughs> he did it like three times. Rule of three. <laughs> but, uh, what, what was it? Count money. And he's like, no, it's Count de Money. Count, count de Money. <laughs> count de Money. No, it's de Money. Oh, that was funny. I did, it never had occurred to me. It's the same guy that's had Lee Lamar. So it's it's the same joke as Blazing Saddles. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I like the part. He's like, you, you look like the piss boy. The p-. And he's like, yeah, well, you look like a shitter. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you look like a bucket of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he got done pissing in the bucket. He was like, now piss off. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I got, I gotta shake it, and then he does the shake, and then it, you know, little One shake. Yeah, <laughs> no more than two. It's a rule. Yeah, yeah, but past that, it's just like, what are you doing? You were done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your dead rats here. Get your dead rats. 
Get nothing. nothing. I'm selling nothing. nothing. I'm selling <laughs> nothing. Nothing. At all. nothing. I, I like the thing where they were like talking, like like Demonet was was talking to uh, Louis, and he was like, uh, "There's a, re- a revolt could happen." And he's like, "Why?" He's like, they, "Well, the peasantry they think you don't care about them." He's like, "I, those are my people. Of course, I care about them." Then they just start throwing peasants up in the air, and he's like shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little too far to the left. Oh, just, <laughs> Or, you know, when they finally found the double because Mel Brook, the, the peasant who was the piss pale boy, uh, looked like the king, and they chose him as a double. Uh, and when they were breaking into the castle, he goes down the hallway, which is, like, painted, and she's like, who the fuck does this? <laughs> who designed this? <laughs> oh, man. What is that joke? Like, it's very funny, but it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's just the way, like... The New York Jew accent is just how he delivers his jokes is so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, there is something to that too. This, yeah. His delivery of certain lines is like it's not that funny. What like it's good to be the king. Wink at the camera. Mm-hmm. The way he says it though is funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I I like that they kind of use the same set like when uh. They were running away from the Romans. They like get, get into a town, and it had that same shot of like that underpass. And then they went to the French Revolution, and just that same overpass with that turn, and it looked the same. And I was like, ah, that's interesting. Probably save money, but I don't know if they did it on purpose to be like, yeah, everything's the same. I don't know. I mean, it does. The, have, the whole thing has like a stage play production feel to it. I don't know how intentional it is or. Mm-hmm. Every time they, every time, they, what a miracle! <laughs> the fucking horse comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I need a miracle to get out of here. <laughs> the horse is like neighing over there. It's miracle, and it neighs back at him again. <laughs> oh, what was happening at the guillotine? He said a joke. He said something like, "Oh, I protest this," and then he's like, "Well." Oh, he talks about the medicine. He's like, oh, we could wait. <laughs> Novocaine. Oh, yeah. like, that like, doesn't exist in medical science. Do you, do you have any like, last requests? Uh, Novocaine. <laughs> hasn't been existed yet. We'll wait. <laughs> I can wait it out. And then they cut. They make a, like a test cut. And he's like, holy shit. Before that whole thing, like he was like, just follow my example. And then he, he said no to all that other shit, doing all that stuff. Like, like he's going to be all brave. <laughs> oh, speaking of following someone's example, another joke that they just pounded in the dirt is "Walk this way." Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they do that across all Bell Brooks movies, I guess. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. <clears throat> he's like he's like kind of an obligatory. There's got to be one "Walk this way" joke because I know there's one in Young Frankenstein. I'm pretty sure there's one in Blazing Saddles. There's two in this movie. I think they did one in the producers too. I think they did one in the producers too. You're right. I was trying to remember <laughs> where it was. Or um. You know that thing where though we're like they had him up there at the guillotine stuff. I was just like, why doesn't he just like take all that shit off and just, just be like, hey, listen, I'm the piss boy. But I guess it's <laughs> it's like pulling the string out of the sweater thing though. Hmm. <laughs> um, Miriam, that's the one that uh uh we call it. Mel Brooks' character uh fell in love with. They kept on saying goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. Like, enough with these goodbyes. Let's get out here. <laughs> 
I don't see. Oh, yeah, the, the end is really dumb too, but in the best way. They're like, that's a big ending, and it's in the fucking rock. <laughs> oh, it gets better than that. I love next time history of the yeah. world part two. Yeah, Hitler, Hitler on ice. ice. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, it's Hitler. He's on ice. It's so funny. Then Jews in space. Jews in space was funny too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jews in space is straight up like, well, we're gonna do space balls. So this is Jews in space. <laughs> the prequel for that oh it, it's, boy, it's fun yeah <laughs> you're right uh it's it's funny because they they talk about a sequel and it's just fire shits and giggles like yeah this is coming out wait for it they are really he, he's apparently trying to do uh history of the world part two right now he, he's tried to on and off for like 20 years or something i don't think he could do it in today's culture no absolutely fucking not yeah <laughs> but I don't know. If anyone can do it, it's him. And honestly, I don't know if you've seen him in an interview recently, which he still grants. He still does interviews. Uh, he looks old as shit. So he is old as shit. He's I wish he would do something. Yeah, yeah, he is. I was very surprised at his age. I was like, holy shit, he's still trying to do this movie. I'm like, well, I hope he can do it before, you know. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be fantastic. Yeah. If he could just do that one, like. That's that's his current <laughs> achievement, I guess, or his last work, whatever. Honestly, even if it was terrible, just the fact that he got it done, I would be like, oh, "That's amazing." I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, he he set that up in 1981, so exactly. That's a, that's a long payoff. I I would agree. Like, I would want History of the World Part Two, but I know Andy, you're not a fan, or at least we're gonna have a big debate about Spaceballs when it happens. But what if I, they... it's, it's fine? It's an okay movie. It's just it's way down the Mel Brooks rankings. Yeah. Baseballs 2, making fun of the new sequels with Mel Brooks, that would be funny, in my opinion. That's a waste. waste. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know any, like, I, there was nothing that I didn't like about it. I thought everything was amazing, funny. Um, definitely. I wanted more Old Testament. Yeah. (laughs) I did the little joke, and it was a great joke, but it was like, come on. Yeah, more, more more Moses would have been good. Yeah, that's, that's always been my one problem with this movie is, Go one way or the other. Like, either have a narrative and, and do that, like all of his other movies, or if we're going to do this bit where we jump through history all the time, embrace it. Have have 12 instead of, you know, what do they do, like four or five? Just just several, several small things I think would have been really, really cool. And you could figure out a weird, like, <clears throat> I don't know, a spaceship of exploration of the mind, magic school bus, TARDIS bullshit like over overarching story about going through past or something. I'm sure there's something funny there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ted, the telephone booth. Hey, you, you know. We should talk. I mean, we didn't mention the Last Supper. That was a fucking funny bit. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that is really good. Yeah. And oh god, the thing, Jesus. Yes. What? No. What? what? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. No. Why would he be saying Jesus? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> There's a tra- Leonardo da Vinci comes in like out of the wrong time and he's like, <laughs> he's like he has an Italian accent, like like an American Italian accent. Yeah. He's like, well, if everybody's gonna be in the painting, you all gotta be on the other side of the table. Bobbity boobity. No, my I mean that was the funny part, but my favorite part is like Jesus is like, there's a traitor in one of the group. Judas, what do you want for drink? <laughs> <laughs> Go away. We don't need you. <laughs> then that's when Da Vinci comes in. 
So I have a I have a theory. You guys can say that's ah, dumb bullshit take or whatever, but I think in terms of how I rank Mel Brooks movies, Mel Brooks does a great job in his his films. However, I found that the films that I like the most are the films that he is involved, but he is not the main like focus in terms of a character, or he's not a heavy emphasis. Like he might have like this role where he's there, but he's just kind of peppered in the the script but he's not the main protagonist that you're following or anything um where it, it just focuses more on his him directing and letting the other actors that that stand out like and i think blazing saddles will be a big part of that like clearly he's in the movie we know that space ball is kind of the same thing for me at least he's in the movie but he's not this he doesn't have this massive role um i think this movie is the exception to that though because i feel like you know of course he is the main part of this this film is just so funny, but maybe it's because the narrative's kind of just loose and it's just, okay, take it for what it is and laugh at it. Maybe that's why. Whereas, like, Dracula Dead and Loving It, like, once he comes into the, the, the film, he's he's a big part of it. And funny enough, I'm saying this, like, oh, he makes his films worse, and that's not the case. He actually was, like, the saving grace to the, the, uh, the Dracula film. But it, there's something about, if he has too much screen time, it, it, I don't know. Like, it seems like it hits a cap on where it lands in terms of his other films. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I think he lights up the scene more um, when he's around. Uh, but definitely, Gene Wilder, he he could stand in any time. Um, trying to think who else is another person, but Gene Wilder is like when he's on screen, he he takes and. I can't fucking speak today. Jesus. It doesn't matter what Gene Wilder's doing. If he's on screen, it's like, this is yeah. this is entertaining, whatever it is. Yeah. You could just be shouting. I mean, I'd say both of them are just such amazingly talented, born, natural actors. Gene Wilder more so, because Gene Wilder has a range. Like, I've seen him be serious, and I've seen him be, like, hysterically comedic. So, you know, obviously, I think Gene Wilder's the better actor, but as far as, like... Uh, like it, you know, uh, choosing like, one thing to do well, Mel Brooks with comedy, just writing, producing, directing, and acting comedy. It, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to beat him in that regard. Yeah, well, and maybe I didn't like word what I'm saying. Like, because I'm not saying what I he him being involved is bad. Like, I agree with you. If anything, he's great on screen. Like, he's hilarious. Like, that's why this is so funny. But for some reason, when I look at how I rank the movies that of his that I like the most which I will get to toward the end of the month and everything. When I look at that, it's the films he's in less that I feel like, or he's not like a pivotal part. Like he's not the, the main protagonist or antagonist. Or so Should we watch the producers? He's not in it at all. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's, like it's for some reason, those are the movies that I rank higher versus the, the films where he's got a bigger part of it, even though he's great when he's on film. For some reason, I just don't like the the movies as much. It doesn't mean they're bad; like they're still good. But I don't know. Just I, something I've noticed. Just an observation. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what else to say. I think we covered most of it. Unless you guys have something to say about the film, I'm out of things. I mean, there's not. There's not like we can't pick apart the plot. We can't be like, well, this is this is an inconsistency and blah blah blah. Like that's not. That's not that's why you watch this, this anyway. That's really stupid. Yeah, uh, if you, if you I, did that, you flunked flanking. Ah, uh, yeah, that's another fucking scene. Yeah, it's another great <laughs> gag. Yeah, we forgot about that. All the dialogue here. is so smart, so funny, so like there's no wasted effort. 
at no time is there an actor on the screen doing utility. It's always in service to a joke. It's true. It's, it's a rare thing to see now. Like someone has a purpose for being there. Oh, uh, also, we didn't talk about how great Dom DeLuise was as Emperor Nero, and he was great. Oh no, he was he was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is part of my thesis that uh, comedy was just funnier, you know. It was. 30, 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to do one of these days is I'm going to make us watch a bunch of like Charlie Chaplin comedies. We're just going to watch only shit he made in the 30s. Cause it was, everything was funnier until like, I don't know, what, like 1995 or something. And then there's like a turning point. I don't know. We still it get depends. We get a good com- comedy once in a while, but it's not much. There was there was good comedy movies in the nineties, but it was different. It was of a different flavor. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You had like the Adam Sandler movies that everybody loves. And you had like, you know, silly stuff like uh kindergarten cop or fucking, you know, things like that. <laughs> well I mean, Dubs was wrapping us up. I, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to go with him because yeah. I want to say more about this movie. Like we said so little about it, I feel like it could be misconstrued. But no, this movie's fantastic. Like just go I highly it. recommend, super recommend. I I, yeah. I I have a question for Zach because he said in the first couple of minutes it was kind of meh. What was meh about it? No, no, that's what I was talking about. The producers. Oh, okay. Like the fir- the first seven or eight minutes of that movie, and uh, I was just like, oh, you don't really know on. what's going on yet. It's like it's just a uh, Bialystok. Yeah, wooing old women for checks. Uh, it's not that funny. Like, it's, yeah. I guess it's kind of funny, but like, I wasn't laughing. <laughs> it is funny though. Um, some of those women in the credits are are like one of them. Uh, one of them is just credited as "Hold Me, Touch Me." That's her name. <laughs> <laughs> I like that kind of stuff. That's pretty well, good. Th- this was started off too, kind of like, oh, okay, okay, maybe that's like a pattern. It's like it's not that funny at first. And then, like for they sucker you for the first five or eight, ten minutes, and then bam, something funny happens. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was laughing pretty hard. I, maybe it's the stupid humor. It's my my smooth brain. But the moment they start, and they're like ape turns into man, and they all start jerking off. And <laughs> oh, was that a, a kind of like not a bad shot? Like he wasn't making fun of, but that's a Kubrick moment, right? From two thousand one. Two thousand one. They used the same music. Yeah, and yeah. Set up yeah. And everything. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. straight up used space on. See, that's that's your your, your Ric Flair. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's, that's just the I think the Sudafed made you think that was a lot funnier than what it was. Oh no, I didn't have any Sudafed then. I wish I did. It would it would made it much better. But I just thought it was it was dumb. But like it, it's it's stupid, like more raucous humor. But like it, it picks up and gets much more clever pretty quickly into it. We're basically, after they move past Caveman, they get to Old Testament. Although I do enjoy the the dumb joke too of first marriage, man hits a woman overhead and drags her in cave. First homosexual marriage. marriage. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. The same thing. <laughs> That's a bit of a statement. The first yeah. critic, he just pisses on his cave painting. Oh, yeah. That, that's hilarious. Part. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is pretty good. Oh, shit. Yeah. As they, this movie is just, we can just talk about all the bits. It's just a funny thing. If the movie is bits. Like, if you like the laugh and you don't need to, like, to follow anything, this is a good ride. Highly recommend. It's a hilarious movie. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. think we're all we all stand on that, right? I'll yeah. recommend it. I don't think I don't think we need to. Uh, I don't think there's anyone here that's not going to recommend it. Yeah, 
So what are we watching next week? All right. So next week, we're building up. We're building up. We're, we are going to take uh, a little ride over to Nottingham. We are going to watch Robin Hood Men in Tights. Ah. See, this this is the first Mel Brooks movie I ever saw. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, that's, that's hey, honestly, it might, it might be, it might be I, the same for me. I was actually. too young to see it when I saw it. <laughs> same here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it might be the same thing for me. Like that, like mid nineties. Like, oh, what's this? You, uh, you're not supposed to watch this. Yeah. I uh, also, I'm going to continue. I'm going to try to watch every single Mel Brooks movie, and I'm going to rank all of his movies at the end of this month. Overachiever, you chill I'm out. I'm doing it. So I just wanted some advice. What else should I watch this week? Because it's going to be probably either high anxiety or silent movie. Twelve chairs. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to watch 12 Chairs uh, opposite of Blazing Saddles to kind of maybe, offset. Maybe, <laughs> uh, there you go. Maybe, maybe I'll try to meet you there, and by the end of the month, I'll do the same. Because we've still got a lot of time. I, I could probably get there if I go on a good bender or two. Um, I think you should watch, to offset Robin Hood, I think you should watch High Anxiety. High Anxiety? Yeah. It, yeah. That one, has been, it's been the longest since I've seen it, I believe. Because a silent movie is like, it's it's the one people were always talking about. Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, uh, all the big ones. And I'm like, oh, silent movie. Silent movie is better than everyone remembers. Silent movie is fucking hilarious. There's only one spoken line in the whole movie, and it's one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch High Anxiety. Uh, yeah, watch, you guys so- are cordially <laughs> invited to to join me, of course. But. Yeah, watch a silent movie with Spaceballs. It'll make you feel better about yourself. You can watch your overrated Mel Brooks movie with your underrated Mel Brooks That's movie. right. There you go. It's perfect. Perfect pairing. Yeah. And at some point, I've got I've to sneak in. Um, what am I missing? I've oh, oh, Life Stinks. Never seen Life, Life Stinks. Stinks at all, ever. So i got to sneak that one at some point. And yeah, that's it. That's all i got to do. So Life Stinks, i just got to find time for. All right. But remember, guys, a watch uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, probably one of my favorite is uh, this is my dear friend, that's you. God bless you. <laughs> hey, did uh, you say Abe Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, remember to watch that and then come back here next Tuesday and we will discuss it. Uh, news-wise, news that matter to us, uh, not really anything big. Kind of just mentions uh, Nikki Cross in WWE on Monday Night Raw last night uh, was walking with the control stable, which is Bailey, um, blanking EO Sky, and uh, God damn it, she's my favorite fucking Dakota Kai. Kai. There we go. Uh, and Nikki Cross looks like she's high or crazy. I can't tell. And she just drops the belt. Was supposed to hit the trash can, but missed. Um. And so, in my eyes, that title is still alive. It's not in the trash. No, it's retired. Yeah. Yeah, it's retired. It's the Bold and Brash title. Yeah. So. If you know, you know. And, uh. I don't. Oh, Bold and Brash. It's a SpongeBob reference. Piece of art. It's called Bold and Brash. And the art collector's like, more like, belongs in the trash. What a chow. For my millennials out there. Um. Another wrestling news, if uh, he's a YouTuber, and we are on YouTube, so it's relevant, I guess. Uh, Logan Paul faced Roman Reigns at Crown Jewels. And you're probably thinking, 
yeah, who gives a fuck about this Logan Paul guy? But man, oh man, do I give respect for Logan Paul. He tore his, uh, he tore his what? Uh, all and, of his knee shit. Yeah. All oh, of his knee yeah. shit got torn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, have you heard like a super, have you heard the super weird, like, like creepy statistic about that now? So he tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus. And it was the exact same injury that Seth Rollins had. And it was exactly seven years to the date from when Seth Rollins did it. Whoa, that's crazy. That is and he, random. And he yeah. did it on, well, he didn't know. It wasn't the same move. He's tried to do like a turnbuckle powerbomb thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I caught, where I caught it, where I thought he fucked his knee up was like I was saying when he went for that blockbuster. Because he jumped up mm-hmm. to the rope weird. He did it kind of like backwards, I'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And his knee bit out, I guess, because, you know, those ropes are they're kind of wobbly so yeah. he wasn't on stable footing so i think i think he fucking bit his knee the wrong way and caused that to happen and because after that is when he was like playing with his leg like oh shit my my fuck my leg up i, I could hardly tell though honestly yeah i went back and watched and you can tell toward the end of the, the match especially post-match uh he he's moving kind of weird but i think it's the adrenaline yeah yeah he just fucking gutted it out and just kept going though and, yeah even his dive his big dive that he did which i mean he nailed it that like the the dive out where he was like holding the phone it yeah like, frog splash, yeah. Cool. yeah that that splash and that other splash were awesome looking but you can even tell how he jumped like he put a lot of effort uh on one, one leg versus the other to jump but even that like that's one of the best frog splashes i've ever seen like the <laughs> second frog splash he lands is beautiful yeah by the oh, way shit, awesome Andy, if you have a chance, see the see. He actually has a videotape. He's holding an iPhone because he has slow mode on when he's in midair. He's like Saudi Arabia, look at this, and then he jumps, and then it goes into slow motion, and then it goes into fast motion. What I like about the video is near the end because all you hear is oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. check that out. I haven't watched that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It was it was kind of a cool little thing. Yeah, you never really see something like that. So it was cool to see a somebody do a frog splash from some kind of third person perspective like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably it's probably on TikTok at this point. Um but yeah, I mean other than that, news wise, uh fucking God of War Ragnarok is coming out at midnight. Um so we're almost there. 35 minutes away. Um, it, I, again, reviews. I know people like IGN, who cares? There's been a couple of reviews that were kind of like downing the game a little bit, but like in an interesting way. It just wasn't, it wasn't like the typical, oh, there's a woman in here. She's strong. She's a Mary Sue woke. There's actually some like good criticism, like, oh, there's a lot of repetition. Um, in certain areas where you lead, like there's a MacGuffin that happens apparently. I don't know where these reviews are because currently it's got a 94% on Metacritic. IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, I'm, like I said, without those oh. people, I'm talking about like YouTubers yeah, and stuff. Like real people. Oh, okay, yeah, real yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah. Not, there, not there bot was reviews a, or whatever. Yeah. There, there was a reviewer that got a bunch of crap with a korean reviewer that gave it a six out of ten and people were like threatening to kill him yeah jesus christ like, yeah because it screws up the medical oh my god it's good and he like, came out with a thing it's like listen i'm sorry if i upset people it's like this is my take on it like if you like the game like the game like i it's sorry it's just what i think about it mm-hmm. 
he defended himself, which is it's a good thing. It's like you know what, if I'd be fair, I have not read like what he said, but like it doesn't matter. That's what his opinion is. Whatever. Yeah, it's like it's he gave it an average score. Like he wasn't blown away by it because listen, when God of War 2018, which Andy and Zach need to play, um, yeah. it, need to play. it's amazing. Like I went into like I didn't really care for God of War back in the day. How is this gonna revolution? revolutionize kratos and it does and it's See, amazing i like those games i like the previous games i mean it doesn't take away from those that's fine but seriously it is one of the best games if not the best game that i, I well i take aside from this year take this year out of the equation prior to 2022 it was one of the best games that had been made in the last 10 years if not the best game mm. that had come out like it's it's up there. Like the story is really good, and it's the whole like I'm a parent, so it matters. I gotta say it. I played this game. I played through this game before I had a kid, and I played through it after I had a kid. And it hits even more after you play it that way. But it's it's still a really good story. The, the gameplay is awesome. The depth uh, and the lore within Norse mythology is just awesome. So it's definitely worth playing. It's like a reboot uh, is the way I kind of felt yeah. about it. It's like they well, rebooted the series, kind of. It in a way, but they but if you play it, you'll understand how it's not a reboot. It's definitely a continuation and an evolution of his story. Like, well, I yeah, I get that, but I'm talking about like the general game design and the philosophy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they basically rebooted it. Oh it's yeah, just, the story's still still there, but it's not the same kind of game, really. Yeah, it's more, not. I wish more game companies would take risks like that, like reinventing that, an established. IP like we always whine all they're doing is making another Call of Duty but if they made a Call of Duty that was like a dating sim okay well, Whoa. Let's, let's let's see what this is about I guess. hold the phone yeah. Toki Meki Duty Toki Meki Duty oh my God. Um, uh, that's that's pretty I would uh, another thing I got I forgot to mention I watched the documentary of the making of God of War and man. Sony had no uh, trust in Cory Booker or Cory Balrog um, as far as being a Booker. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't have any trust in Cory Booker either. (laughs) But a political joke. Yeah. Cory Balrog, um, he went through a lot of stress and his team went through a lot of stress. Apparently the game was supposed to be in like Egypt in the beginning. Like that was the early stages. And then they decided, no, nah, we're going to go Norse uh, mythology and all that stuff. Egypt would have been a more graceful transition from Greek, I think. It would have made more mm-hmm. sense. But I'm glad they did this because Norse is cool, too. Yeah. Well, they well, not that you know it, but they, they make nods to how, because there are other realms, like those also exist. So that, the nice thing is that they lay out how there's this, like, I don't want to use the term because, God damn it, everything does it now, but it's multiversal. Like, there are other realms and planes that he could go to, so Egypt, Egyptian is not out of the question as far as another game if they go with that. I can't series. wait for the God of War where they revent it and he has to kill just God, just like Judea or Yahweh or whatever you want to call him. Yeah, that would be a good game. <laughs> I feel like the God from that Star Trek movie that they go in the center of the universe and <laughs> shit. Oh, uh, Final Frontier. Yeah. Oh. The old ones. Yes, the old one. What does God want with a starship? Yes. <laughs> like Wizard of Oz bullshit that happens in that movie. It's great. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm hyper God of War Ragnarok. Uh 
Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have fun with it. So I recommend play the first one. It's amazing. Go do it if you haven't. Which, uh, talking to the listeners, not Andy and Zach, which they haven't. Yeah, honestly, I think if, if I had to go back and, and of course, I'm going to play Ragnarok in half an hour, we'll see how I feel about that in a week or two. But aside from Elden Ring, yeah, God of War's probably the best game I've played in the last decade. Mm -hmm. So that's, I don't know how much more I can endorse the game. You guys need to play it. Yes. Get your shit together. Yeah, do it. Uh, do it. But what the hell? Is someone is someone getting called to dinner in a in a nineteen tens western? Fat. Bring out your dad. Oh, Mighty <laughs> Python. Okay, <laughs> that's something we also have to do one day. Is the Mighty Python uh, movies? No, I hate British people. I refuse to watch anything that they do. Ah, yeah, they smell bad. They're not funny. Boring. They smell bad. They eat beans for all fucking their, breakfast. Get the fuck out of here. And toast. All their all their bankers and shit caused World War One and caused caused bad shit to happen later. It's all their fault. Yeah. That's a, that's tartar. another podcast though that we're gonna do. These tartar sauces, toothpaste. They call pants trousers. Anyway, let's end this podcast. I mean this <laughs> this episode. It's <laughs> uh, in, in the whole thing. Sick of it. Yeah. The big stop right in the middle of Mel, Mel Brooks. Uh, me and Zach this Thursday are going to be recording uh, Lost in Nightmares. We're doing uh, Resident Evil 7 uh, and all the DLCs. So be prepared yep. for that. Um, actually, I'm actually excited because we're doing back-to-back kind of. We're doing Resident Evil 7 and then after that we're, get, we're, we're redoing Resident Evil 8 because I fucked up on the audio and it's in third person now, so... We're doing a reboot of yeah. that review. <laughs> yes. Dude, I was so fucking defeated because, like, that was a great episode that we did, and I fucking ruined it. And I had people comment, be like, hey, you know, the audio is fucked. I'm like, yes, I know. That's why I put the warning there. Can't you read? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. We're going to redo it. I still yeah. remember a lot of the talking points I had. Yeah, I actually so. have change of feelings for that game um, since I played it over again. And then also... Third person's probably going to play a big role, you know. Yeah, I remember because at the time you were really high on it, and I was like, kind of like it was pretty good. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> you were like mid, and I was like, I'm jerking off on it. That's how. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I that's changed. So get ready for when we do that episode and where it lands on our list. Um, Metal Gear podcast is still in the works. Um, as far as people playing it and then we'll get to that um also getting some color we just did the awards show and we <laughs> we had fun last episode if, if you thought mel brooks was spicy oh boy <laughs> go listen to that episode that we recorded um because it was super fucking spicy um the spice meter was about four out of five on that one yes <laughs> Especially when we brought up Kane and uh, <laughs> the, the fucking Harlem Heat. <laughs> yeah, Kane Cole. It's not the real names. Yes. Uh, but if you want to catch all our podcasts, like Big Trouble Little Podcast, make sure you go on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Alexa. We're on Amazon Music as well. Um, if you have an Alexa or if you have Amazon uh, Prime and have the music app thing, 
we're on there. Apparently, we show up like on random, uh, you know, feeds of podcasts where it just automatically will load, which is pretty cool. We've been getting hits stuff on that. But uh, until next time, every guys, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye.